most of the friends that you have, you met at a time in life that the only thing that's connecting you now is to discuss old people and old situations. Oh, did you run into such and such? You see how big she got now? Did you run into such and such? You saw he was doing this now. These are trauma bonds. And once you decide to be intentional about not talking about that anymore, you don't have anything to talk about. And then you realize, maybe I don't have as much in common with these people as I thought I did. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. So give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Donnie, what's happening? Are we going? Are we on? I believe so. I don't think so. Are we on? If we're on, on, Joe is about to be in trouble. Why? What are we missing? What are we missing? The clock. Get it together, Joe. Come on, Joe. Yo, that's Joe Vaughn that we took every episode. (laughs) Every episode (laughs) when we're talking about Joe, there he is right there. Hmm. All right, we're good. But let me tell you something about environment, though. So, um, Joe has been working with me for a while. He started out in the coaching program in the morning meetup. And uh, he started managing our e-complex. And he came to me and said, yo, man, I hate this job. You were working, like, mental health or what was you, what was you doing? Something with kids. Social work. Social work. And he said, man, I hate this job. I used to love it because I love the kids, but it's too much going on around the kids and I can't just enjoy that job. So he says, I want to leave. And um, I said, okay, let's do it. He said, yo, I want to make X amount of dollars per month. I said, okay, I'll pay you that. And then he came back and asked for a little more money to do something else. <laughs> and I was like, all right, it's valuable. Okay, <laughs> true story. He just came and asked for more money. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, that's cool. And um, through being in this environment and we talk every single day, he sees all that's going on. He's at every podcast episode. Um, Now he's making more money than he's ever made in his life. Simply because he's around the right environment and he's applying some of the strategies. So the stuff we talk about on the podcast, when we're telling him all the things that he's doing to mess up. Now he does everything. He does most stuff right. But we're hard on him and he gets to hear this conversation every day and he starts leveling up every single week. Every single week. And um, what, what'd you, you said, what'd you make so far this month? Might hit 8,000. What did you, what was the most you made at your job in a week? In a week. I mean, in a month. <laughs> in a month, I'm sorry. So it went from 31 to 8,000 because he decided, yo, I'm going to trust myself and go after it and get in the right environment. And I think he's been in the right environment for a long time. But the problem was um, he didn't bet on himself. So I'm not telling anybody here to quit your job, but you need to bet on yourself at some point. I'm so excited to be investing more in myself than I've ever invested in myself. I'm betting on me. But some people had a hard time either joining the morning meetup at $79 or paying $100 to come here for some information. And you debated that thing. How many people, this is the most you've ever invested? Maybe $100 or in yourself? $1,000 is the most you've ever invested? Everybody here has invested over $1,000 in their own education? 
All right, there we go. Got some hands. Who else? Be honest. Okay, okay. This is my challenge for you. Whatever is whatever the most money you've invested in yourself, whether it's through courses, coaching, or whatever, I want you to top that. Here's the thing. I don't even care what it is. I don't care what it is. I want you to get in the habit of investing in yourself because it's going to be really hard to charge a certain amount of money that you've never paid because you won't believe it. That's my whole ministry for like the rest of the year is spend more money. Spend more money. Invest more money. Get that money out of your hand. Now, I'm not talking about frivolously, but get that money out of your hand because for some reason, and I don't know why, maybe you can explain it, Donnie. The more money I spend and get out of my life, the more money that comes back into my life. More money you invest or spend? One time, I, mo- I was at this apartment where it was really, really cheap, and then I moved to a nicer place to live, and I started making more money. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent, I, like, even, like, getting a car or buying, buying this watch. It's not like people will say, hey, listen, yes? You cannot hear me? You cannot hear me? I'm okay? Turn me up. Turn me up. Hold on. I'm sorry about that. Check, 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 check. Is that better? I hate this sound for y'all. Check, 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 check. Is that better? Can you hear me? No? Can we use one speaker? Can we just use one? That one's the problem. Maybe use one speaker. Let's try one. Unplug that one. Unplug that one for me. Um, maybe unplug. Yeah, just unplug that speaker. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not that, not that microphone, that speaker. The whole speaker. Oh, that was out? Okay. Is that better? Is that better? Oh. Y'all can hear me? Oh, oh we're good. Fan. Okay. Oh. But now y'all gonna be hot. So listen, okay? Heat in exchange for sound. Let's get good, it. Good. Okay. Um, we're good? Okay. So and I I'm I'm trying to under, I'm trying to understand it and explain it in a way that makes sense, but it seems like the more money I spend, the more money I make. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know if I can explain it. Not even just investing in books and education, but when I buy nicer stuff, yeah. maybe I have a, another confidence. And in- Well, I think it's another motivating factor. When you spend... So, number one, when you move into a different place... Mm. This is... You're doing great, Mark. <laughs> all right, you guys. So welcome to another edition of the Social Life Podcast. Start this all over again. <laughs> yo, this is going to be so funny. Like when it we is. like number one on the charts, you'll be yeah. like, yo, I remember. First of all, California. can we get a shout out for being number eight right now on the charts in the country? Number eight. Now, we're not going to make any excuses, but welcome to our very first live taping. Absolutely. Outside of our normal studio of the Social Proof Podcast. So we are relying on third-party equipment, you guys, and it's not necessarily going as planned, but we are going to get it done. Yes or yes? Yes. Yes. No, because... 
I could have everybody leave the room <laughs> and try this one. We are going to get it done today. Yes or yes? yes. Everybody came here to learn something. Yes or yes? yes? Everybody here feeling like they look like a million bucks? No or no? Yes? yes. I mean, yes? Okay. Good stuff. So welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. My name is Donnie. This is my partner in crime, brother from another mother, David Shands. And we are excited to be here for our very first live taping. All right. We are going to work through the sound issue. We're not going to stop anymore because we got to keep the party on the road. I'm going to go ahead and get it started. Am I good? Can y'all hear me? Am I good? You can hear me now. Yeah. I'm good. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. now. Don't touch it. (laughs) What are you doing, Mark? Because I was in the the middle of giving bad financial advice. Stop. Come on, I was going somewhere, but I had to get my thoughts together. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, I cannot explain it, man. I can't explain it. So a couple of things. When you move into a new home and you're spending significantly more, mm-hmm. right? People have to qualify to be in that environment. So you feel better. You feel more highly esteemed mm-hmm. because other people have qualified at a, at a higher level to live around you. So, for example, um, when I lived where I used to live at this point eight years ago, seven and a half, eight years ago, um, I was doing okay for myself. I was making six figures at that time. Um, But I lived in the neighborhood that I grew up in and I was surrounded by the same people that I grew up with. Some who were doing well, some who were not doing so well. Most people, though, in that neighborhood were, you know, just regular middle class. And my dreams were bigger. So I knew that if I wanted to not be middle class too, I needed to surround myself with people who were not middle class. So I took a bet on myself and I moved into a building where what I paid just to live was three and a half times more than what I was paying before. And not only did I do that for myself at the very same time, on the very same day, I I got my mom a condo in that same building. So now I'm paying seven times more than what I had been paying. Well, when you do something like that and go out on that kind of limb, it has to happen or it has to happen. What are you doing? I don't know. You stop touching stuff. I know. Hold on. Give me it a has to happen. Hey, my sound completely went away. Y'all can't hear me? Oh, it has it. to happen or it has to happen. Can y'all hear me now? Because I can talk loud. All right, I'm good now. Oh, right? you're good. Yeah, All right. It has to happen or it has to happen. Now, I am not suggesting that you guys put your house on the market or you give your apartment community notice and move into another level or a higher level. I could financially pay it. At the time that I moved into the building thinking about it now, could I financially pay it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Could I financially afford it? No. I couldn't afford it. I could pay it, meaning I made enough money to pay it. But at that time, I wasn't making enough money to pay just my rent alone and live life the way I wanted to live life. So for me personally, putting myself in uncomfortable situations is a motivator for me. Right. And I hope you guys are grasping the difference between just being incredibly irresponsible and strategically placing yourself in an environment that motivates you. And that's that's what I did for myself. Um, I was just having a conversation yesterday, in fact, um, about buying two pair of, I don't know, $1,200 shoes in one day. And the conversation went something like, should I get these or these? I might get both. 
just get both pair of shoes. They're just $1,200. So it's $2,400 worth of shoes, $2,000 to $2,400 worth of shoes that's sitting right in front of you. And you're, you're a CEO. You're an entrepreneur. This now, when we think about it, utilize it for a marketing expense rather than just shopping. I no longer shop. I have a marketing budget and everything that I wear falls in alignment with that marketing budget. For example, what I got on today, I went and shopped for it moments before coming here. Why did I do that? Well, I know that when we air, people are going to be in the comments and y'all be like, Donnie looks so cute. Look at her little outfit, right? <laughs> y'all look forward to seeing what David's going to be wearing. You look forward to seeing what I'm going to be wearing. Like, it's just that little detail. If we came in here busted, we wouldn't have as many views, no matter how good the content was. People like the whole presentation. So investing in yourself can absolutely and will absolutely significantly yield a return. I think I went to, um, I, was, I was driving like a 97 Toyota Corolla at one time. What year were you driving that? This was 2010, 2012. Okay. And then 97? It was about a 97. Sheesh. No, it was at Toyota Avalon, some some car, whatever. And um, I wasn't making much money, but I told myself I was going to get a new car. And I stretched to get the new car. And I don't know if I could afford it at the time. And again, this might be bad financial advice. I'm just giving you my testimony, okay? I went and got a new car that I knew I couldn't necessarily afford. But at this time, I'm building my T-shirt business. And I said to myself, this... Me, like, and I convinced myself that I don't need another car note. I don't want to pay the $500 or $600 a month or whatever. And I convinced myself that I didn't necessarily need to buy clothes because um, that's financially irresponsible. I need to, like, save my money. Mm-hmm. But I think I was putting money on a pedestal. And I wanted to, like, hoard as much money as possible. So I didn't want to let it go. So I want to save and I'm being cheap and I'm eating ramen noodles and things of that nature. And nothing, nothing's wrong with being on a budget, but I didn't like living like that. I didn't like pulling up in the car that I pulled up in. I didn't like having to have a, um, a gallon of water with me everywhere I go. Anybody relate? You know what the gallon of water? That overheat lifestyle. Like <laughs> you get in my car, you got to slide the water over because you got a gallon or two in your back seat. I had to. And I didn't like the I didn't like the quality of life. And again, this is why I'm saying it's hard for me to explain because once I got the new car, I had another level of confidence. And I just started selling my t-shirts. And I'm like, yo, let me just calculate. If it's six hundred dollars that I need to pay for this quality of life, and the car equated to a quality of life for me. If I needed $600 for this car, I just have to sell how many T-shirts? It's $25 yeah. a piece. 24 shirts per month, I believe. For me to afford this quality of life. So I'm working really hard for this particular quality of life. And then I went and got a nicer apartment. And I said, okay, it's another $1,200, which is, I think it was, I think I was paying $800. Then I got an apartment for $1,200. I know it doesn't sound like nice in California, but it was nice for nice Atlanta. So this extra $400, right? I got to sell, what, 16 more T-shirts. And that's what drove me because I wanted this. I was driven by the quality of life, not hoarding my money to say I have some. 
But what happened was when I, when I, when I decided to start letting the money go because I knew the money was coming, I worked harder and the money kept coming. Mm -hmm. The money kept coming. We were talking about Donnie getting that watch and you can see kind of on the episode, she got excited and she's like, nah, I don't want to do it. But then she went, she went and got it. She went and got the watch and it paid for itself the next day. Mm-hmm. True story. This just happened. There's a gentleman. Um, I want to learn how to sell from stage. I'm a terrible salesman. Anybody ever heard me sell something or try to pitch something? You just didn't buy it from me. <laughs> Y'all didn't buy. I'm terrible <laughs> at sales because I, especially like, especially like a high ticket. How many people get nervous with high ticket sales? How many people sell high ticket products or services? Yeah. Okay, just a couple. That is show that you're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather, would you rather have a $25 product and sell a thousand of them to make 25,000? Or would you rather have a thousand dollar product and sell 25 of them? You just got to find 25 people that have the, that find the value. But the point is, I invested in this guy $55,000 the other day. This was two days ago. I'm talking to my wife and I'm telling her and she got, I can see the nervousness in her face. 55,000 to do what? To learn what? I'm like, I'm not good at sales. I'm terrible at it. And the conversation is like, well, how do you know you're just going to get instantly good at sales if you invest $55,000? Well, I made the decision. This is before I actually put the money up. I said, I made a decision. I set the appointment. I'm going to call the person and invest $55,000 to help me get the confidence to sell higher ticket because I'm starting to see the evidence of like people really, really building wealth through these high ticket sales. The very next day, I got a call for somebody to say, y'all, I want to sponsor your, um, your episode. Can you put, uh, you know, an episode, can you put my ad in the beginning of your videos? I said, yes, I can. He said, how much? So I give him the numbers. And for some reason, I said, yo, you got to do it for 10 weeks. And you got to do every episode for 10 weeks, which is three episodes a week. You got to do 30 of them. The amount of money that I said I was going to invest for the, this is before I even like invested the money, but I made the decision. My man said, oh, it was, it came out to like 52,000. He said, okay, send the paperwork. I felt so comfortable giving it away. Now I'm not as nervous asking for it. So some of you might have a $25 product, a t-shirt line or something like that, but you don't buy other people's t-shirts. So you don't see the value in paying for it. Or you want to do an event where, listen, I, I feel real comfortable charging $100. I feel comfortable charging $1,000 to come to an event. I feel comfortable charging $5,000 to come to an event. Why? I paid $5,000 to go to an event for one day. The information, I didn't, even get, I didn't even get a lot of information out of it. I got some networking, which was dope, because if you get in a room with people who invested $5,000, the conversations are different. And those connections are different. Does that make sense? So even in this room, there's some people, if the ticket was $20, they'd be here. But because it was $100, they're not. But we charge $100 not to get you in the room, but to keep certain people out. The quality of networking. The VIP is $500. We're about to go to dinner after this. The $500 is to keep out the people who is not ready to invest $500. That conversation is different because their mindset is ready. I need to let it go so it can come back. Mm -hmm. So... I want you to start letting it go. I'm really considering like buying another house because I want to be, my man told me, oh, he just, he just bought a house. The mortgage is $30,000 a month. 30,000 a month is the mortgage. 
crazy, ain't it? But the way he said it was, he was so excited. He was like bragging on not what he makes, but what he gives out. Mm -hmm. I brag on how much I'm paying my people. I feel good I'm paying out six figures a year to people. That's my brag, not how much I made. So how many of you are dedicated to spend a little more? Stop, I'm telling y'all. Be financially responsible. Know your bills, pay your bills, things of that nature, but money comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Unless you don't believe that, then it comes. And if it doesn't go, it can't go anywhere. And if you hold all the money in your hand like this, can't none, none of it can't leave, but none can come in either. So that's how we're going to a whole nother level because we're spending out more. Yeah. That was a rant. Was that a rant? Give me a round of applause for my rant. <laughs> I don't normally talk that long. You don't. What's interesting is that you're on this topic because yesterday I was writing down a list. I was having a conversation with someone and we were talking about things that you should stop doing. Like if you truly want to be successful as an entrepreneur, things that you should stop doing. And one of those things is looking at a high ticket investment in anything and saying, eh, I don't know if it's going to be worth it or what all, you know, people will get on the phone with you when you're selling high ticket or they'll come to the back of the room and they'll say, well, can you break down exactly what it includes? And sure, we can. We can tell you what it includes. But then there's this word that says guarantee. Well, if I. Am- all right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Invest this. Can you guarantee that I'm going to make more money or I'm going to look prettier or whatever the result is supposed to be, right? And so the one thing that I wrote down was, Stop expecting benefit after benefit after benefit after benefit just because you made an investment. And to some of you, that may sound ridiculous. Well, what do you mean? If I make this super high investment, I want benefit after benefit after benefit after benefit. But the same program that David just invested in, I had a client invest in as well, right? And from that level of mentorship, that client got confidence, confidence to now sell a high ticket program. 
We were selling a program right at $500. They attended this mentorship or went through the mentorship and now they want to do a high ticket. They want to do something that's at least $5,000. So we did a live event and in their mind, they wanted to do a $4,500 event. And at the event in real time, I said, no, it's going to be $74.97. And they're like, are you sure? Absolutely. And he looked and he said, you know what? Run it. Run it. I had already been working with this person for months, right? And saying, you need to do a high ticket event. You need a mastermind. You need, you need, you need. And they're saying, yeah, okay, I get it. They believe that they needed it but they didn't necessarily have the confidence to execute it. They attended that mastermind. They didn't get flown in in a private jet. They didn't get lifetime access to courses. They didn't get, you know, this private mansion experience. They didn't get all of that. They got confidence. They paid $55,000 for confidence. Raise your hand if you don't think that's worth it. Would you pay $55,000 Raise your hand if you would pay $55,000 for confidence. Let me get a link going real quick. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. I need to, we got, y'all still paying 55 for confidence? You ready? Okay. Let me tell you what that did. That $55,000 investment for confidence about 35 days later after the mentorship program is when we did an event and we said at the event, we're going to launch a mastermind. We're backstage. And I'm like, well, what, what are we going to do? What kind of? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, but we, we got to know. He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, we don't know. I just know that we're about to sell some for $79.97. Let me get on the back end and get things in order. Right. So the next day when we're when we're going to pitch it, literally five minutes before we go on stage, I'm like, you know, yet he's like, no, I'm like, all right, these are the five sentences you're going to say. You're going to get there. And these are the five transformations. We don't know the details of what that looks like, but we know exactly what the transformation will be. Right. And because he paid fifty five thousand dollars for the confidence to go out there and pitch the recommendation, we made half a million dollars in a couple of hours on site that day. Fifty five thousand dollar investment. And we didn't know confidence was going to be in the end result. <laughs> we wanted the, the mansion experience, the private plane, right. all of that. Right. But it was confidence. And then the execution on that confidence turned fifty five thousand into five hundred thousand in one day. So now raise your hand if you really would invest fifty five thousand dollars for confidence. Yeah. I, I look at it like um, most most people feel like they have a problem with um, the resources or things that I like, but really it's just the confidence to go out there and build something and um, being willing to accept the ridicule for if it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, that's most people's biggest problem. You haven't started, not because you don't have time, not because you got kids, not because you don't have money, it's simply because you believe that you might put all this effort into something and people won't buy. Mm. That's why I'm going to get that confidence. I need, it, it's, it's a mindset shift. How many people look at $55,000 as a high, a lot of money? Hands down. How many people look at $5,000 as a lot of money to go to an event? Honestly, 5000 
How many people look at a thousand dollars to go to an event? It's a high. It's it's a lot of money. How many people? The biggest problem is how you view money, and we talked about it in the morning meetup with raising your zero. There was a point where if I didn't have any money, I had nothing. I had zero. But then my mentor told me that seventy um, percent of the world or something like that doesn't have a thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So. My whole goal was to save $1,000 because I, I've had 1000 before and then I feel rich. Like, oh, you look at the account, it's 1000 there. Yeah, 1000 in that thing. I'm out here. It's go time. We I just got free. paid. We're buying what bottles. We doing so what are we doing tonight? Where are we going? Yeah, I'm not going to buy the whole bottle, but I got I got a hundred. I got something on the bottle. I got some on it. And we're, we're not standing here. in line. We're on, no lines with $1,000 in the bank. Come on. Y'all don't remember the $1,000 <laughs> in the bank feeling. You going to go get your hair done and skip the line? I'm not. Maybe Yo, it's an Atlanta thing. It might just be you. Atlanta. Let me tell you, I judged this person this one time. I'm, this is this is about uh, March, around March. You know what happens in March? March Madness? Nope. Oh, spring? It started getting hot? Nope. I'm I in the mall. Know. Let me tell you a story. I'm in the mall. It's March. The mall is flooded with people. Why? Oh, tax season. This lady came by. She had like four kids. And I, I'll never forget it. Um, she had like four kids, kind of like heavy set, heavy set. Um, but just just excited. I don't, I don't know if she was pregnant. I think she was pregnant. That's why I said heavy set. I don't know. She might have been pregnant. I don't know. But she came, she came to the kiosk and she uh, she had her hair did. But not out of, how can I say it? She had her hair dead. <laughs> you can t- you know what? I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna judge, but you can tell you got the taxes. You feel me? Anyway, so she's there and I'm at the kiosk and I'm selling the t-shirt. She's like, I like your brand. So I'm telling my story. And she's like, all right, I'm gonna get a shirt. And I, okay, give me a shirt. Oh, give me that one too. Oh, give me that one too. Give me, and I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. We out here. <laughs> Taxes here. Taxes here. In the middle of itself, she's bought, like, it was like a baby. The shirt was too big. She's like, to, to get a small, I'm like, it might be a little big for the baby. She's like, nah, get it, she'll grow into it. I'm like. Taxes. All right, these taxes. <laughs> so it, it, one side of me is saying, I probably, because I just got done telling kids about financial liter- like literacy and like not being, just being smart with your money. So I wanted to tell her as my sister. But on the other hand, run it. I'm running a business here. <laughs> but what 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 jumped in my brain is yo, in about three, four weeks, the money dries up, and then you go back to being who you are. You go back to saving every penny and trying to hoard the money. But when you get some, because when you have zero, that's when you're broke you're going to hurry up and get back to your zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my zero, I raised my zero to a thousand, meaning when I get a thousand, I don't have anything. I'm broke. If I got a thousand dollars, you ask me for money and say, yo, can I borrow $10? I'm like, yo, I ain't got it. Because in my head, a thousand is zero. But what happened was I would get significantly over a thousand and then I find myself right back to a thousand. And then I start panicking. Yo, I got to get back. I got to get over my, I'm getting close to zero again. But thousand was my zero, which a few months ago, zero was my zero. But then I raised my zero to 10,000. 
Where, yeah, you know, I think one time, and it hurt my heart, my mom is here too. I had like $10,000 and that was my zero. And I'm like, yo, I am not going below $10,000. I'm not investing in nothing. I'm not $10,000. My mom asked me for some money and I said, I ain't got it. Mm. And I felt bad for the rest of the day. But then I got excited because I realized that 10,000 is my new zero. And I'll never fall below that. But do you know, there are some people, a million is their zero. They panic, they'll lose it. Remember when the stock market crashed, like the, or, or the real estate market crashed, 2008-ish? There's some millionaires blew their brains out because they got to the zero. They're like, yo, I ain't got nothing left. I'm nervous. My point is, we got to start to raise our zero. The reason you think $1,000 is a high to pay for is because you think $1,000 is a lot of money. One, you got to start getting around people who got more money. Two, you got to get more money. You got to start to build something. Anybody not have a product or service that they're pushing right now? Why not? Why not? Why not? The decision. You have it in your head. Which you, you want to do something, right? What are you so afraid of? Afraid of failure? Come to the mic real quick because I want them to hear that on the podcast. But we're going to interview this time. We're going to interview this fear of failure. But most people are afraid of high ticket because you think it's a lot of money. And you think it's a lot of money because you haven't spent it yet. But why haven't you, why haven't you started? Um, I think uh, maybe due to a fear of failure or even fear of success. A fear of failure or a yeah, fear, of, fear success. of success? No, 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 no. Get back here. <laughs> Explain that fear of failure thing to me. Oh, I guess uh, to unpack it a little bit more, I would say... Um, just what others may think or like maybe an imposter syndrome because I maybe don't know enough about something before I sell it. Um, and for the fear of success, I would say, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, just being out there and having to navigate my new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So can anybody relate to that just for people who may not have heard her? She said fear of failure. No, 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 Fear of what other people might think. Fear of imposter syndrome. Feeling like you don't know enough. Does anybody else feel like that? Like, raise your hands high. This is a room where you want to get your questions answered. All right. And then she also said fear of success. Like, fear of having to adjust to a new lifestyle. Has anybody ever experienced that? God, I think that's so crazy. I have never feared success. You imagine a new lifestyle? We got a bigger house and a nice Could you imagine? That's got to be uncomfortable. Having to now upgrade to a mansion? God, mm. that got to hurt. Or be able to give more to your church or organization? True. Golly, that's that got to be tough. I understand your fear. I, 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 I don't, though. I don't. <laughs> the fear of success, I don't understand. Now, what I would understand if you said fear of success, something that I struggled with was, again, what people would think. Mm-hmm. because people judge you if you fail yeah. and people judge you if you are a success. Mm-hmm. So then you start to lose friends. How would my friends, how does the success make my friends feel? How does the success make my parents feel, right? Mm-hmm. When you start making more money than your parents, at least yeah. I was like, yeah, how does this make them feel, right? I right. remember sharing numbers with my mom 
and just telling her, wow, we made this much money today. We made this much money today. And the number just started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And one time my mom responded and said, you make more today than I do in a whole month. And on one hand, I know she's proud and she was proud in that moment. But on the other hand, like, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then you'll feel like the same way with your friends. You want to share the good news just because you're so excited about the success that you're having. And it goes from, yay, go, 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 go. to oh, that's good. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, wow. To just mm-hmm. hitting that little like right. emoji or whatever on your text message. And you understand that you may be offending some people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, fear of failure. Hold on. Are you afraid of that? The success, the things she just talked about? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I think all of that because, you know, wh- how are people going to view you and yeah. the okay, haters? Cool. Let's just, before we go on to the fear of failure, <laughs> let's just interview that real quick, okay? People will look at you a certain way, right? What do you think would happen if they start looking at you a certain way? Um, I, you know, I, I think people, you will obviously start to lose some friends, you know, people who can't see you the way that they want to see you. Gotcha. So you think you'll lose some friends? Perhaps. Cool. So you're going to lose some people you thought were friends because you became successful and they won't want to be your friend if you're becoming successful. Mm. And yeah. We care question. about what they think. Question. <laughs> were they really your friends? Right. I mean, when you say it, it actually, it sounds, you know, ridiculous. It, yeah, basically. It? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're afraid of losing people who claim to be your friends only because you're on the same level as them. Right. So here's the thing. <laughs> you got to really gotta audit. You, you do. You have to audit what you're dealing with and say it out loud. And does this make literal sense? Does this right. make does this make good sense whatsoever. Yeah. We fear being successful to offend people who are supposed to love us because we don't want to make them uncomfortable. Why, if you love me, does me doing well, Mm -hmm. something that could potentially change life for all of us, make you uncomfortable? And then the other thing is, are we really losing friends or are we just making some people uncomfortable because now they have to evaluate themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you might not lose friends. It might feel a little strained, but when reality is what happens is because if they were successful too, then you guys are still girlfriends and you can still go out and have brunch Mm -hmm. and have the conversation. Yeah. So now I look at it as a responsibility to do well. It's Mm -hmm. my responsibility to do well. And it's my responsibility to talk openly about it. Some people are really, really close knit with their numbers. Mm -hmm. Some people are really close knit with their success. And I get that mindset But I have a different mindset. The reason that I am where I am today or one of the things that made me go after at least where I am, you know, what I'm what I'm achieving today is because there was evidence Mm -hmm. of other people doing it. I'll never forget, like the first fly chick that I saw in front of a room speaking and she was making something like ten thousand dollars a month. Saria Avant. Mm -hmm. Surreal, oh, wow. right? I was in a network marketing company and I had just started, didn't know anything about it. In fact, I thought the industry was a scam. <laughs> I was a skeptic, right? And I saw her in front of the room. All of the men who got up there, they were great. They were powerful. But it was something about seeing a representation of somebody who looked and felt like me in my mind in front of the room. Like, oh, you're up here with the big boys doing what big boys do. I like doing right. what the big boys do. And so then I aspired to now I want to make $10,000 a month from this. I want to do it here. So she was my target. 
she was what I set my goals and my standards of how I operated after. I wanted to catch her. I wanted to be on her heels. I wanted to model the success that she had already displayed. Mm -hmm. But it was because she shared her journey. Mm -hmm. It was because she wasn't afraid of losing friends. It was because she wasn't afraid of offending anybody because she was more concerned about who she could help through her testimony than who she could hurt through sharing the good news. You can't worry about who you're hurting because you're sharing your success. Mm. How does it make you feel? Well, it gives me, it's a new perspective. Like, just know what you want and just go after what you want. Don't worry about the rest. 100%. So that's yeah. what I heard. That's how and I interpret it. make new friends it. if necessary, yeah. right? Yeah. Just yeah. make friends who are proud of you. Or, mm-hmm. or somebody is, yo, and that's probably the reason you haven't started or you're not where you know you can be mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. just in, it's the wrong environment. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. And there's some people that I have in my life that I love them, but I can't, I can't spend a whole lot of time with them. Yeah. Because the conversation starts going left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The conversation starts going into, um, okay, let me, I do love a good conversation about social injustice, but that's not my ministry. Right. The conversation will go, and then I get angry, and then I want to, like, do something. I want to yeah. do something, and that's, it, it gets me all out of my, my headspace. You feel me? Or if I'm trying to walk the right path and I'm finding a, a, I have a spiritual guide and I start hanging around with some people that that's not their conversation. Mm. The conversation is going to start going left and I'm going to go left with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because there's nobody in this circle to go right. And chances are, if you start becoming successful, they might follow you. Mm -hmm. My best friend in the world, he hit me today, every day, like, yo, what are we doing? What kind of play can we put together? Mm -hmm. And he's traditionally like a job worker until they let him go. But if I didn't go do something, mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, 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 no. She's afraid of failure too. We got to interview it. Yeah. I'm just saying, you guys got to interview your fears. <laughs> yeah. You got to right. sit down and have a conversation. You're like, oh, well, this is my fear of what people think. Yeah. Oh, this is what they might think. Why am I afraid of that? Yes, ma'am. Good, good. So the fear <laughs> is good. not being noticed. Yeah. yeah. Or being noticed. Or being, or being, uh, being noticed. Being noticed. Being noticed. Right. I don't like that. Cool. Yeah. Good, right. Good. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, right there. Sit, stand up real quick. Just look around the room. Just look around the room real quick. No, stand up real quick. Real quick, real quick. Just, just real quick. Just real quick. Just, just real quick. Just look. I want you to scour the room real quick. Wave at everybody. Many, yeah. Just, Wave you know, at everybody. quick little wave. What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> Giselle. Giselle. Hey, Giselle. Say hey, Giselle, y'all. Hey, Giselle. Hey, Giselle. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Let it sit. Oh, my goodness. We all are right. all staring at you right now. Just let it, let it, let it sink in. <laughs> do, me Good. do me a favor. Look around the room. How many millionaires and multimillionaires do you see that you know of? <laughs> okay. okay, all right, all right, cool, cool. Stay, stay standing. How many millionaires or multimillionaires do we have in the room? Just stand up real quick. Stand up real quick. Hey, dude, you don't get up. No, but I know. Listen, you better, Sarah. Okay. Wow, they mad successful. You didn't even notice them. You didn't know. 
Candy, oh, wow. These people, you didn't even know who they were. Oh. <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, you don't got to be... No- Yo, first off, this is the perfect example, okay? I be begging him to come outside. He's, some, he's the first person to coach me in understanding a customer's journey. Like, yo, you got to talk to a customer like this. But then if they don't buy it, you got to talk to them like this. And if they don't buy it again, you got to keep following up. He gave me the tip, right? He said, um, he's on my email list and I'll never forget it. And I think it was right at the top. It was like an unsubscribe button. And he called me, he said, hey, Shans. He called me Shans like it's my first name. He says, hey, Shans, stop making it easy for people to leave your list. I said, what are you talking about? Just put the unsubscribe button at the bottom. Way at the bottom. Oh, (laughs) I didn't know. But he's the most unassuming, super successful person you'll ever meet. So something in your head says, for you to be successful, everybody got to know you. Who's these people? Okay, go ahead. First, okay, y'all can switch. I'm going to let you sit down. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so... Who are these people yeah, who are these- that are giving you advice? Are these like, millionaires? Yeah, she, she's like, you know how people say you got to do lies? <laughs> who are these people? Name them. So the mic, just give me so five names. You see on Instagram, so the like the coaches. Oh, the coaches you see on Instagram, people tell you to go live, to make the sale, and What all is that. your business? Uh, I have a few. Um, hair and skincare products. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they tell you to go live, to make the sale, talk to your Let's people. Talk about who's the they? Who's they? The coaches that I see. Call what them coaches? out. What's their name? What coaches? What if they listen to this? <laughs> they probably do. They don't do. know you. They still don't know you. They can't see um, you. What? The video's not there. Uh, her name is like Biz Coaching by Dion or something like that. Okay. Biz Coaching by and, Dion. Um, Ashley something. Ashley. Ashley. Ashley Ann. She's dope. Oh, her too. Yeah. Yep. Her Ashley too. Ann, she's dope. I just, I don't, I think it's weird to talk in my phone. Like, I haven't grasped that yet did to you, speak in my phone. Are you phone. a part of their program or did you buy any of courses? Ashley's, I did. Ashley's? Mm-hmm. What did it say? I haven't started her, so I'm doing another one right now. I have a 12-week course I have to finish first before I tap into Ashley's. But I, I bought it while it was on sale. Sounds like a professional course buyer to me. Professional <laughs> course buyer. I'm I not. I just want to catch so the here's sale. The thing. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Okay. You need to find somebody because... We might wind up chasing or wanting to be like somebody that we don't really want to be like. Mm-hmm. So the people that saying go live, they're going live. But in your head, you're saying, yo, I don't want to go live. How mm-hmm. can I? Like, you need to, like, tap Kenny on the shoulder. Like, how do you do it, bro? Tap him on the shoulder. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yo, there's so many people that you wouldn't assume that are in this room that's super successful. So get out of your head that you have to be something that you don't want to be to be successful. That's your biggest fear. That's the biggest problem right now. Let me also say this, guys. So when I teach entrepreneurs, she's not done. When I help develop entrepreneurs, one of the things that I am very, very, very adamant about is making sure that you are building a business that actually suits who you are and your lifestyle, right? So if you are a person who does not like people, you should not be building a business that forces you to engage with people. You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't, right? People will give you different advice about that. Oh, get over it. There's a real anxiety, right, around dealing with people for people who have an anxiety with dealing with people. Mm -hmm. So you can't just tell somebody, get over it. What I would tell you to do is try something different. Mm -hmm. So if you're into skincare, 
Yeah, going live is a strategy, right, for organic marketing, but so are paid ads. Mm-hmm. When's the last time, Kenny, you went live to teach on? He doesn't go live. He's going to start going live, <laughs> right? But he doesn't go live in years. It's just not what he, he runs ads. Mm-hmm. I don't run ads. I go live, right? Would you guys believe that I'm super shy? No. Chance? It was the weirdest thing when I saw her. I'm like, what? what are you Dottie, she's, she's comfortable when she's comfortable, but when she don't really know everybody, she like goes into this weird little shell. Like Chance will try to pull me in circles. And I'm like, wait, 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 no. Like, do you remember when you got me on the Clubhouse app mm-hmm. and we were at the E-Complex, we had just filmed a podcast and here's Clubhouse, this new thing. I just heard about it that day. And he's like, yo, get your phone, join the room. And it's like hundreds of people in this room. I see that I'm on stage and I hear him say, well, we want Donnie to come on and say something. She's super dope. And I'm looking at him like, I will cut you <laughs> today. Like, right? Or why would you do that? Like, I was so, like, I felt like I wanted to vomit. But my personality is also to push through that because I know that that fear is unreal. What can people on a phone do to me? What What you gonna do? Say something? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? You're product? muted. You can't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's some of your favorite products that you like? Apparel that you like? That I sell or just that in you, general? That you, that you buy? Some stuff that you like to buy. What's Books. your favorite skincare huh? other than yours? Books. Books. Other than oh, I love books. I'm a, a bibliophile. Hoard Who's books. your favorite author? Ashley Antoinette. When's the last time you heard Ash go live? Okay, think on that. Think know. on that. What's your favorite skincare products, lotions? Other than apparel? yours, Kyra Shays Medleys. Who? Kyra Shays Medleys. Who's that? A girl I went to high school with. Oh, really? Oh, uh-huh. that's what's up. Any other products or serv- services that you use? No, because I, I mainly use my stuff. Yeah. What kind of shirt is that? I got it from, I don't know. It's a no-name brand. And you don't know the, you don't own, oh, who owns the shade room? Angie. I know, I do know that. Her name's Angie. Most, I, yeah, I, I know it's some woman. <laughs> Nobody knows her. She got one of the biggest brands online. Mm-hmm. Every Most of the products and services that we, don't, we use is not because we know the owner. There's a bunch of different strategies. So you might need a coach because, or you can partner with somebody who likes being outside. They just don't know business. They don't have a vision. Mm-hmm. They love being on the gram. They got followers, but they ain't making no money. Mm-hmm. And you could come to them with a really good idea and say, hey, push this. You're the face of it. Remember this, if you're taking notes, whoever controls the spotlight controls the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whoever controls the spotlight controls the show. I got tired of being on stages and people book me to speak and they tell me what topic to talk on. Mm-hmm. So I built my own stage and I get to dictate where the spotlight goes. We'll put the spotlight on this person for about 45 minutes. I'll highlight that person. Right. When I'm done highlighting that person, I'll highlight somebody else. Right. You can't take my show from me. And then there'll be a lot of people saying, yo, I want you to put the spotlight on me. Or you might be the person who takes these influencers who love being in front of people and you put some money in their pocket and all of them are building your brand. Mm -hmm. So your perception of what it takes to be successful is backwards. I'm glad you said that real quick. So if you're taking notes, yeah, you're done. Give a round of applause. Mm And how was it? How was it being in front of people? How was it? How was the experience? 
It's did over. you die though? Did you, but did you die? <laughs> but did you die though? <laughs> hey guys, write this down. Whether I believe it's true or I believe it's not true, both answers are right. Mm-hmm. What you believe about yourself is 100% correct because the hardest thing to defeat is your own mind. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing to defeat is your own mind. So I am shy and I mention it occasionally just to relate to other people so that you can eliminate the excuse of, oh, Donnie was meant for this because her personality is blah, blah, blah. I am in the house most days unless I'm doing other stuff that's none of your business. Um, But I am in the house most days, right? I am to myself. I love my family and my friends and those close to me. I don't really do a whole lot. I do not tell myself, though, that it's because I'm shy or antisocial if I want to fix it. So if you are a person who's dealing with anxiety, stop saying it. Stop claiming that. What you speak to yourself about yourself becomes matter of fact. So shift your perspective, write it down differently, speak it differently every single day. In my bathroom, I have post-it notes. Anybody used to watch the show Being Mary Jane with uh, Gabrielle Union? You saw the post-it notes she had all over her window. I That's me. In my bathroom, post-it notes everywhere, right? I used to keep them hidden. These post-it notes used to only be inside. I have an armoire inside my closet and you would have to open the door to see them because I didn't want anybody else to see what I had on these post-it notes. It was secret. It was secret that I wanted to be a millionaire. It was secret <laughs> that I wanted to be an amazing mom. It was secret that I wanted to be a wife. And But then I asked myself last year, why is this a secret? These are things that I want to do and I'm going to profess it and confess it boldly. And loudly. So I moved those post-it notes and I put them in my bathroom. So now if you come over and you see it, you come over and you see it. Yes, I want that. And I want that. And I want that. And I'm going for it. One of the reasons that we can't break the cycle of our own fear is because we're scared to share with other people what we want instead. It's easy to say, I'm shy. Yeah, I'm shy. I don't do a whole lot of talking. But it's difficult to say to someone my goal is to be bold and outgoing and make 10 friends this month because now you have to do it. So I want you to be bold and outgoing and make one friend today. I just want you to get one phone number today, an organic phone number, and it needs to be with somebody who you can remember the next day. Maybe get an accountability partner. Anybody else in here dealing, dealing with being shy or anxious or overwhelmed? Anybody else in the room? Yep. Okay, right under the speaker. Raise your hand for me again. You guys become friends. All right? Y'all create a little accountability group and practice whatever you need to practice. It's so funny because the job people, they raise their hand when it's like this. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) it's me. (laughs) But yeah, become friends tonight, right? Find other people like you. David and I became friends. We want to make our first seven-figure year. All right, what are we doing? At the end of every month, David calls me. Mm -hmm. What's your number? What's your number? It was such a big deal to put. We put it out in February. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life told a mass group of people that I wanted to be a millionaire, that I'm I, I, my plan, that my goal, not even that I want to be, but that my goal is a million dollars. I always stay safe in saying that my goal is multiple six figures because that could be 200,000. It could be 900,000. Mm-hmm. 
it was safe right. because I'm going to hit the multiple six figures. Right. That's a no brainer. But putting it out there that I am going to Russia. make a million dollars this year. When we said it on the podcast, I felt sick to my stomach because now I got to go do it. <laughs> now I have to go do it. Right. And David holds me accountable. I hold him accountable. And for some reason, when we did that, my numbers started to go it's up crazy. like crazy. It's crazy. Like crazy. Like there's there's no cap to it. David said something earlier about um David said something earlier about making sure you are dealing with people who have done it. How many people know? How many people want to be a millionaire? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Hi, 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 hi. Okay. Keep your hand raised if you can tell me without calling it out how much you need to make minimally in order to make a million dollars. What do you have to make per month to the number? Keep your hand up because I might call on you. Oh, now the hands go down because I, oh, you get, you. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I was really running the numbers with the calculations. In the Let me ask you this. How can you have a goal to become something and you don't even know what the prerequisite is? How do you set a goal to be a millionaire and you don't even know what the number is? It's $83,333.33. Every month. 83300 So now, see, here's, here's what's so crazy. When I opened up my armoire and decided last year that I would move my goals out because I'm not hiding from my goals anymore. I don't care what you think when you come to my house. You're in my damn bathroom. <laughs> think what you want to think, right? When I moved the goal, I realized that my goals were conflicting one another. Secretly, I wanted to be a millionaire, right? But my goal said earn $50,000 a month. That's what was written. Earn $50,000 a month. It's a contradictory goal. $50,000 a month is what? $600,000 a year? $600,000. So what I am saying and what I am seeing is not the same as what I'm secretly praying and hoping for. The moment we said it, the moment we said it, the numbers started to change. I would tell David, like, we had this conversation. Dave, I can't get past half a million. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I can figure out the way to half a million. I, I can't seem to figure out the way to a million. I had a quarter million in the bag. I can see the half a million, but I can't see the one million. Like, I see all the zeros, but how do I get there? Well, the first thing that I have to do is stop lying to myself and writing on paper that I want to make $50,000 a month. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. That's not what I want to make. Let's, let's, let's put it in bullet points for those that's taking notes. For one, let's identify what we're so afraid of. Okay? Let's identify what you're so afraid of. Because Write it it's down. Something, you're, you're afraid of something. And we got, we got to identify it. We got to identify it. We're afraid of something. I, I didn't want to go for the million goal because I knew I had to do a higher ticket and I'm afraid of asking people for more money. What's, Who said Spence, that? Uh, come to the mic. Come to the mic. No, you can come straight forward. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep, you got it. There we go. Are we good on the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Go for it. What's your name? Samar. Samar. Yeah, I've talked to you a couple of times. I bought your book. Um, We went live before. I've told you my idea. I actually argued with you on live. And I was like, dang. Afterwards, I realized I don't know what I'm doing. So that's why I say I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm just trying stuff. Okay, let's 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 just interview it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the goal? I want to build a professional track and field league. So why haven't you done it? I have no idea how. You so have no I've been idea on how? Yeah, okay. I've been online building a brand. It's okay. called Trackletics. It's at thirty-one point nine thousand followers right now. We get about a million impressions right. and views cool, a day. Cool. But, but real quick, real quick, the goal is to build a track and field brand. Professional track and field. Professional league. track league. and field league. Yes. And the reason you haven't done it is because you don't know how. Yep. And I believe I remember this conversation. Yeah. And I said, yo, find somebody who built something similar. I actually have a mentor that built a professional lacrosse league. So is he not telling you how to do it? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon, we put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. The support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Yes and no. Sports are a little bit different. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Um, I told him my idea. I mean, it was just like, yeah. he kind of supported, yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. Get investors, that type of stuff. But how? You know? Okay. So. Right, okay. Cool, 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 cool. So he said, get investors. Mm-hmm. And now your question is how? Yeah. And what was his answer to that? It, it, 
he didn't really give me an answer to that. Why not? That, that was the answer, investors. So did, was your follow-up question, how do I get investors? And he said, I don't know, or he just walked away or? I mean, no, it was more so for me to figure out like what type of investors I want. Uh, did you how ask much percent- him how to get investors? No, I didn't ask Thank him Thank you, all right. Well, give him a round of applause right for question. honesty. <laughs> give him a round of applause for honesty. The first thing I start but, lying to ourselves. Okay. I say, I say, what are you afraid of? I want to build it, but I don't know how. I'm afraid because I don't know how. And then your mentor says, find investors. And then I say, well, did you ask him how to find investors? And you start talking and talking and talking. I say, did you ask him how you find investors? And you start talking. Then eventually, finally, we say, no, I didn't ask him. The fear is, I don't know how to do something, but I didn't even ask him, like, clarity on the advice that you gave me. Well, I won't say it's a fear that I don't know how to do it. My mission is to figure out how to do it. So I wake up Are every day Are you afraid of asking questions? How to do it? No, that's why I got on his live. Right, so, but but here's, right. here's the thing. You need to figure out what you're afraid of. That's why I'm up here. Right, because it's like, first you're afraid of, because you don't know how to do it. Okay. But you're not even asking the questions on how to do it. I would say I'm asking questions on how to do it. Okay, are, there, me, are there better questions? Is that yeah, what there's saying? always better questions. Yeah. Okay. So here's cool. the thing. What have you done so far to build this professional track league? So I've built a track network, as I would say. Uh, there's coaches in Florida, Hold Texas. on, no. I remember what? this conversation, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think the advice was... Go build I said, a track. I said, go to, like, the local schools. Yeah. You get a park, yep. and you invite them to compete Attractive. against each other. Yeah. Did you do that? I asked some people. They asked about money. What? They asked about money. Who's they? Athletes. The kids? No, not kids. Professionals. Well, what? But you... I want to create oh. a professional track league. Okay. So I asked professionals that follow the account, how do they feel about the idea, being on teams, what they want to start That's a track the meet. Problem. They That's ask the about problem. money. That's the problem. And I'm going to help you with this. Okay. Because it's an idea. So okay. if I'm like, hey, Donnie, I think I'm going to do an event and I need you to speak. Kenny, I need you to speak. I think I'm going to do this event. I don't have a date just yet, but I think I'm going to need you to speak. What do y'all think they're going to say? I'm, I mean, I'm down, but you got to, how much? I need a bag. What I did when I started my, my conference, I put the money down on the venue and got a date and a payment link. And I started telling everybody, I'm like, yo, Donnie, I'm about to have a thousand people in this venue. He did. Don't you want to be in front of that audience? I do. Yo, I mean, I, could, I, feel, I can get you a slot. I don't know if you got a product or service, it's a thousand people, you could do your thing. Kenny made thousands, of, well, Kenny made way more off my event than me because people like love this presentation and rock with it. Everybody, Markwell, everybody made more money than me at my event. But the reason I was able to get them is because they, I'm, first off, I'm like, I'm going to go get the, I'm walking in it. I'm walking in the vision. Okay. I'm not afraid of people not showing up. I'm not even afraid of not being able to make good on the promise that ain't dying. There's going to be a thousand people there because in my heart, I believe it's going to happen. So you need to go get a, a, and I'm gonna give you the same advice. Go find a track, get a website, All right. put the teams together. Okay, so I've been building this brand since 2017. The people that follow the account know exactly what we're going after. Bro, bro, you gotta listen to me. I, okay. Not, right. I'm not talking about a brand. No, so the brand, 
is a professional track league. Think about the NFL. That is a brand. NBA, that is a brand. So I'm building... No, it's a business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you say that you've been building the brand, I have a feeling that you mean you've been building the the Instagram page for it, right? Business. The the Instagram page. So we have clothing. Um, I'm currently building a magazine for the business to... I would say more so... I'm focusing on media. So I understand that sports is media, Right. Um, I know the athletes need more representation. They need sponsors. There's a big problem with track and field. I believe this is actually a billion dollar idea. There's a big problem with track and field. Allison Felix had one sponsorship. She got pregnant. That one sponsor dropped her. Hold on. Slow slow down for me, because what you're doing now is talking. You're spewing off all of these features. Right. You just said there's a lot of problems and big problems in the track and field industry. What one problem are you trying to solve? A professional track and field league. That's not a problem. That is a problem. We what don't is have, the problem? We don't have a league for our sports. So, for example... Okay, so then co- that's the problem, can I, right? can I tell you what happened? Yeah. COVID happened. All sports shut down. Mm-hmm. NFL came back. NBA came back. Hockey came back. Lacrosse came back. Nothing for track and field. So, we literally sat at home you running why, around though? the street. But... You know why? Why? Because you ain't get a field and put the league together. How do I'm I? Tell- That's no, it. Here, here, <laughs> How do I? The only the only thing I can tell you is one: you need to find a coach, and when you get the coach, you gotta listen. You gotta listen. Okay. Every you have a rebuttal for every little thing. Like we're yeah. really trying to help you, right? <laughs> so uh, you got yeah. a magazine. You want media. You want this. People need money. Stop! 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 Because you're about to cut me off. Just stop. Just, I'm, just, I'm not just about to say nothing. I'm thinking. If you are trying to, if the problem that you've identified for your niche market is that there's talented professional level track stars in waiting, right? And mm-hmm. the only thing they have is the Olympics. Yeah, every if four years. The, if that's the problem and you want them to be able to perform just like the WNBA and the NBA and the NFL, the only focus that you should have is on creating the league. So I would be going to the schools, like David said, and finding senior and junior athletes who are competing who need a chance to shine as a professional? They're going to go to college. Who's scouting them for anything other than the Olympics? I am at universities looking for these athletes, and I'm putting people together. I'm creating a, a, a Slack channel. I'm creating a Facebook page. I'm dumping these track stars in there. I'm connecting with their parents and saying, hey, guys, I want to start collecting your information because we are in the process of putting together a professional league for track specifically, and I want to have easy access to you. I'm sending them emails and keeping them engaged and updated with what I'm doing and the progress that I'm making. And once I got 20 or 30 people, however I, however many I need to put on a track meet, I am then looking for sponsors that say, hey, we've got this really great idea. I believe it's a billion dollar idea. I've got 25 athletes who are ready to go. All we need is sponsorships for our very first track meet on July 25th, 2020, whatever. That's how you start your professional track league. Go and find a track where you can have people practice. Start with the state that you have access to, probably the one that you live in. Go and scout these high schools and these colleges. Garner the interest with a confident pitch. Get them at practice. Put them in a group where they're mixing and mingling and they're making friends and like, yeah, I would love to be on the team with you. And then have them practicing. Show footage. Your Instagram page is not making money. Leave the merchandise alone. Leave the magazine alone. Your focus 
only is finding athletes who want to train and run and perform professionally. What is your focus? Finding athletes that want to train and run professionally. And what are we doing with the magazine? Nothing. What are we doing with the t-shirts? Nothing. Take it out of your Instagram. Don't confuse your audience because it's going to confuse your talent and you're going to stay confused. Because all of that that you said five minutes ago was just confusion. True. Confusion masks in what you think is self-confidence. Okay. You feel I wouldn't me? Say, I wouldn't say I'm not confident. No, you're I'm very good, confident but... about the wrong thing. You're confident about confusion. <laughs> okay. And I just gave you clarity. I do so wanna... everything else that you were about to say, save it. I do want to say thank you. That's You're what I was going to say. So this is the <laughs> this is the first time that this is the first time that I've actually heard steps as far as you said, create a group, dump people in it, connect with their parents. I wasn't thinking that. I'm thinking I need money to pay athletes to get them to come. So that's why I was creating merchandise, a magazine, stuff like that. But I do understand now the trajectory of actually building a group, connecting people. Mixing, like, you know, getting people to actually understand we need a professional track league instead of just the individual, quick, like, stuff just, that we have. Just out of curiosity, how much money did you think you needed? I, I did do some math based off of other professional sports leagues, and it was about $500,000. Just to 500, divide. 000? Yeah, just to divide the teams, the franchise. Um, so a team, a head coach, uh, yeah. like, chiropractor, trainers, that's the whole, I, that's the vision of what I see. So the math was 500000 But gotcha. in order to get there, I thought I needed clothing and a magazine to build the money. But and I understand where yeah, she's, I where she's going now. So. Time, but you don't need 500000 either. My boy, you put together like, these, these, uh, these football leagues for kids. And the people just paid. To, Yo, really? All, you need a referee for a league? You need a track? A coach. A coach and teams. And some, some runners, <laughs> all right? Runners. It what sounds you, that simple, but it's really like, not. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It sounds that simple because it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once you believe that it it's is. It's that simple. So this, this is what AD told Is AD still here? AD here? So he told us about, he said, yo, we called him on live. He's like, yo, what's the best way to make a million? He said, make, make 10. two million. He said it like that. In my head, yo, ten, that ain't that easy. He like, yo, yes, it is. We just asked about a million. He said, yo, if you want to make a million, make 10. Put together a plan for 10. You'll stumble on a million. I promise you, I employed that. Once he said it was easy. In my head, I think it's hard, but I accepted it. I just, I just borrowed his belief for a little bit. And I said, oh. And I promise you, once you get around different circles where their zero was higher... You'll, you'll, the money starts to dwindle in your head. Yeah, for sure. It does. For so, sure. Thank you thank so you. much. Man. You're very Everybody. welcome. Round of applause. All right. So um, what I want you guys to take away from this, though, is there's somebody else who's sitting in here who just hadn't spoken yet. And you have an idea and you haven't launched it yet because you feel like you have to have all these pieces in place before you do. You don't. The very first version of your product or service does not have to be amazing. It just has to be valuable. It just, we are in here and it's hot. The sound was sketchy. Did you learn something in here so far today? The situation isn't perfect, but it's valuable, right? And so let's stop focusing on, and I say this all the time, probably every episode, let's stop focusing on trying to get people from A to Z, You may only be prepared for A to B. Stay there. Stay there. 
So he may only be prepared enough to go to these schools and get them in a group for now. Stay there. Start selling the idea of what it would be like to to have a professional track team. Wherever you are in your place, you don't need more money. You need to start. You don't need more people. You need to start. You don't need more inventory. You need to start. Start right where you are. And if your goal was to take people from A to triple Z, stop Mm -hmm. and just go from A to B. So number one, we want to identify what you're afraid of. Because, yo, in keeping it 100, bro, it's something you're afraid of. You just haven't shared it yet. Whether it's starting too small or failing or it's it's something. And I figure we could just ask ourselves the question, what are you so afraid of? Like, yeah. look in the mirror. What am I so afraid of? If I wasn't afraid, what would I do? Mm. What could I accomplish if I wasn't so afraid? So one, we just got to identify what we're afraid of. And then two, interview, interview the fear. Why am I so afraid of this? You had a question? Go for it. To the mic, 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 to the mic. It's a live show here. You know what I mean? They need We're to hear professionals. you. And introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Keandre. And, hey, Keandre. Um, his original question was, how do you figure out what you're afraid of? Mm-hmm. Which I was looking forward to getting answered. Oh, for so sure. So now that's my question. How cool, do you cool, figure cool. out what you're afraid yeah, of? Yeah, and I went down a whole nother path. So... I think the first part is you just ask yourself with a sober mind. It seems like maybe it's not answering your question, but I've I've sat down with myself and say, yo, what am I afraid of? So this whole high ticket sale thing, I'm like, yo, what am I afraid of? And I realized at first I thought I was just afraid of being on stage. That was me lying to myself. My real fear was people thinking that I'm all about the money. That's my real fear because I built a brand for the beginning entrepreneur. But if I try to sell them something higher ticket, then they're going to think that I'm just so money hungry. And that's not the case, but that's my real fear. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do was I had to get around somebody who wasn't afraid of what I was afraid of. So one practical thing you could do is find some people who are fearless. True story. I got a bunch of stories and remind me to get back to what I was saying just in case I go off. I got in, I was young and um, I got in a fight. Well, I didn't get in a fight. The guy punched me in my face and I just fell. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was mad. I started pushing the guy. This is, I was in elementary school. I was pushing the guy, pushing him. I didn't really want to fight. I just want to push him. You know what I mean? Like, yo, what's up now? What's up now? I didn't expect to fight. Because there's a bunch of girls around. So I'm pushing the guy. He punches me right in my eye. And I don't even remember. I don't remember like him cocking. I just remember like getting off the ground. So at that point, I was like, wow, he beat me up. (laughs) And at that point, I realized, dang, I can't fight. That's crazy. (laughs) So what happened was they break it up. And my brother is coming from the middle school. And I see him and his friends coming, like, walking up to the school because the middle school is like, you got to pass the school. And I see my brother and I instantly get courage. Not because I wanted my brother to do anything or fight the kid, but as soon as I saw my brother, I said, yo, I got to go handle this problem. He's like, yo, who? I'm like, nah, chill. I got it, man. He sucker punched me. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm about to knock him out. I got more confident because I was around somebody who wasn't afraid of the thing that I was afraid of. That's why I had to find some people who are at a higher level who's not afraid of what I'm afraid of. So I had to find those people. 
And once you get in that environment, you stop being afraid. You stop being afraid of poverty. You stop being afraid of like making money and people were judging you. Because it's being in the conversation, they helped me realize that the more you charge somebody, the more benevolent you're being. You're helping somebody. You're helping somebody invest more in themselves. That's why I remember in the beginning, I was like, yo, I just want y'all to invest. Don't, I'm not, I'm not here to sell y'all nothing. I don't have nothing to sell you. I got some stuff to sell you. I'm not going to sell it though. But I want you to invest in something because I know once you start investing, the money becomes smaller to you. If you keep investing $1,000, you keep investing $1,000, another $1,000. When somebody has an opportunity to sell you a course or something for $1,000, you're like, oh, well, sure. I'm not afraid of it anymore. But I'm telling you, you got to start investing so you can get around people who invest. And then you're not afraid to invest anymore. So what, hap- what happened for me is whatever I'm afraid of, I get around people who's not afraid of that. Thus, the reason I invested in this $55,000 program to help me get more confidence. Does that make sense? So I want to answer your question directly. A couple of things that was you can do. my story not direct? It wasn't. Uh, but it was a good story. It was a great story. It was a great story. You was feeling so, my story. That's yeah, yeah I did. I definitely felt <laughs> the story. How do you identify what you're afraid of? Let me just kind of let you in on, on me. When the real estate market crashed that you mentioned earlier back in 2008 to 2010. This story better be direct. I lost everything. I had a humongous house and the cars and the clothes and the handbags and all this stuff. I lost everything. I remember sitting in my house that I was foreclosing on, looking at all these handbags that I couldn't pawn for enough money to pay my mortgage, right? And I ended up losing all this stuff. And as I started to rebuild my life over years, I would say things like, I don't need that. I had that before and it brought me no value. It added no value. And so I convinced myself that I didn't need these luxury things that I had once loved. And as I started to make more and more money and more and more money, I still was attached to this. I don't need that. I'm not falling back into that trap ever again. I am going to stay with basic things. I don't need the luxury and the designer. And I started to look at other people. I would look at the women who were riding around in Rolls Royces and and think, she probably can't even afford that. (laughs) I'm being judgmental. I would look at women wearing designer this and that every day and be disgusted. Like, do you really need that? My fear was hidden in my judgment because I was judging something because I was afraid to try to get it again because it was attached to a loss. Right? Something that I loved significantly, I lost. I'm just really into fashion. Okay. I am. Did y'all but see I, her shoes last week, though? <laughs> y'all see the Monica's? They see the time. They see the time for us today. They're good. Those okay, are all good. right. Those are good. Um, anyway, and and those were cute too. My Monica's were cute, right? Anyway, proceed. I like these things, but I started to judge other people with it because their pleasure was attached to something that brought me tremendous pain. And so I would look at this stuff like, I don't want it. I'm not getting it. I don't want it. I'm not getting it. And what ended up happening was somebody gifted me a handbag. Somebody gifted me a handbag 
And of course, I took it. And as I'm carrying the handbag, it was like walking back into my world again. Like, oh, I love it. I want more of it. But I don't want to buy it. I don't want to be dumb again because I remember that people used to tell me you're spending your money on these things and you're dumb. And I was convinced that buying these designer luxuries are what made me go broke. And that's not what made me go broke. What made me go broke was my irresponsible relationship with money. I had no knowledge about how to spend my money, how to create a budget for myself. And so when I got that handbag, it was like, I don't feel disgusted. I feel happy. And I want another one. Does this come in a bigger size? Like that's, And so then I would start buying things little by little. And then I noticed that when I started buying things, I became less judgmental. And I had to prove to myself that if I could buy this $2,500 handbag, I could still pay my rent. And I did. And then I would do it again. And I would. The fear was attached to a previous pain. So sometimes you have to look at what are you judging? What are you judging other people for? What are you judging other people for? Are you judging other people for the way they do business? Are you judging other people because they have a high ticket and you don't have a high ticket? Oh, why would she be charging that much for a course? I got the same information and I charge $27. Stay broke. That's cool. I like it. Keep trying to sell to 200,000 people a year while I'm over here and I need 400. Right? Do you. And I used to look at people like that. I used to, when I built my business, I had this fear. I didn't want to charge high ticket. Kenny made me charge high ticket. He encouraged me. He didn't make me. He encouraged me to sell high ticket. I had a program that I was selling for like $29. My coaching was $97 a month Mm -hmm. at one point. $97 a month. Now that number has a a, a comma in it. And annually, it could go from a five-digit number to a six-digit number to work with me on a one-on-one level at this point. I didn't have the confidence to do it. It wasn't that I didn't think I was valuable. It was, what if nobody buys this shit? Stuff. Thanks. Sorry, mom, dad, in-laws. What if nobody buys it? What if I put this flyer out here for my program and nobody likes the picture? That was the fear. I think that's a lot of people's fear. It's a lot of, what if I put the content out there and it gets no engagement? What if I do a sales call and they say no? Well, guess what? I have put content out there that got no engagement. Mm -hmm. I have done a sales call that resulted in no money, but I kept going. I kept going because here's what I understand about fear. Fear isn't real. It really isn't. Fear is your mind's way of processing what you think can happen. But has it happened? Mm -hmm. We're fearing something that we have not proven to happen yet. Do you you know what you're afraid of? Have you ever sat there and tried to figure it out? I'm I'm literally thinking about it right now. What is your business? That's, you know, that's, Uh, here's, here's the thing. That's my biggest point. Mm-hmm. We have to at least ask ourselves what, like, let me let me try to figure out what I'm so afraid of. Anybody like through this conversation, you start to think, yo, this is what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. And if you start to interview that thing, why am I afraid of that? And if that does happen, then what happens? 
So I was I was working at, and I, I want to, uh, we'll get into your business in two seconds. I got stories. He got stories for days. Got stories off. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I was, I was about to leave my job at the Cheesecake Factory. And my fear was, what, I don't want to fail. So I got a fear, fear of failure. That's, that's valid, right? That's a valid fear. Leave my job to be a full-time entrepreneur. I'm like, yo, what would it have, like, that would be terrible. Would you agree? Think about quitting your job to start a business and it doesn't work. Whew, scary stuff, right? Valid fear. But then I'd interview it. And I said, well, what happens if my greatest fear happens? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I quit my job and I work this business. And if I fail and nobody buys it, I left on good standing, meaning I can come back to the Cheesecake Factory. I know I can get that job back or I can get a servant job somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow. If my biggest fear happens to where my business fails, what's probably going to happen is I have to work back at the Cheesecake Factory. Meaning, at the point when I'm having this conversation, <laughs> my biggest fear is me being exactly where I am right now. I catch that? My biggest fear is me working at the Cheesecake Factory. But I'm already working at the Cheesecake Factory at this point. And that's when I said, all right, I'm out. But I had to interview it. I had to interview it. Okay, I'm afraid of losing all my money. What happens if I lose all my money? Do I die? What happens if I, I go out and I quit my job and I have to go live with my parents. What's the worst thing that can happen? I'll just live with my parents and I have low overhead. (laughs) Okay, so your question was? Some people can't identify a fear and it's it's an issue that's attached to childhood trauma. That's a fact. Because, especially as boys, sometimes you are made to feel as though fear is a weakness, right? Right. And so maybe the fear is you exposing yourself to your own weakness. Mm. So you're subconsciously blocking it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you grow up having to be tough? Did you grow up having to look out for other people? Were you the person on speed dial if stuff hit the fan, right? And so a lot of men don't want to expose fear because their parents associated it to a weakness. Boys don't cry. Tough it up. Be a man. Be a boy. When really you should have just been a boy, and cry because now we're adults with a dysfunction of not knowing how to express a weakness, right? And that might not be your case. Is it your case? Mm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> therapy, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell by your posture, right? Believe it or not, there are only a handful of issues that we all go through. Some of us have different combinations of those issues, but there's only a handful of issues that we go through. That knowing people is what makes me a good coach. It's not that I know everything about business. I know people. I know how you're feeling. I know what you're thinking. And I know because I've experienced it with someone else, how to give you guidance and how to overcome that. If you can't identify a fear, your fear is being afraid of identifying the fear. Yeah, confronting it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, that's let's, what it is. Let's 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 get into what's what's, what's your business. Be, before I say that, I would say that she just helped me because my brand is called Every Season, which represents quitters never win. Yep. Every day you wake up is another opportunity to win. So what she just said is kind of correct. My fear may be that I don't want people to know that I fear something because I'm supposed to represent 
quitters never win. Yeah. I'm supposed to be this stand-up person. I'm supposed to Bruh, have this certain type of that, mindset. Yo. Own it. You got to own that. The, yo, you'll sell more clothes if you are failing. In front of people. In front of people. Because the message is, I'm not going to quit, though. Yo, every loss you, you take, bro. What? Come on, this is yeah. so Every loss you take, highlight it. Highlight it. Yo, I'm yo, I am going through the worst time of my life. But I live by this. I live by this. Like I'm struggling with X, oh, Y, and yeah. Z, but I'm still not gonna quit. Yo, yo, you low-key can't even win too much without because <laughs> you can't relate to people. Right. And think about it, your audience, your audience isn't a group of winners. Your audience is a group of people that you're inspiring Mm -hmm. to stop quitting and try to win something. So if all you show is strength and all you show is amazing posture and all you show is win after win, they can't relate to that. Hell, I can't relate to that. Show me a weakness. Show me when something happens and your day isn't going well. Don't dwell on it, but show it to me. Be a case study and show me that you kept going. It's right? strength in that, bro. It is It's strength. power in exposing your weakness. It's so much power uh, in exposing a weakness. It makes you vulnerable, which makes you relatable. Every person in this room is vulnerable to something. That, make, yeah. that makes sense. That's why I have so much of an issue with creating content. Even after I went to your content creation class, like I wrote down notes. I learned a lot, but I still came home and I didn't really start what I should have Because you're trying to be doing. perfect. Yeah, you're trying to be perfect. Trying to be perfect. At every boot camp, I'm telling people, yo, just create something. I made a post the other day that said, yo, if you're terrible at creating, just keep creating. Here's what I want you to do. You can't even be terrible at something for long if you keep doing it. If you keep doing it. Real quick, can I tell them before you start another story? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, stories. (laughs) What I want you to do is sit back in your chair and I want you to pick a picture of yourself and I want you to post it and I want the caption to be something like, okay, Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Hey, guys, transparency moment. I created this brand because I want to be the voice of hope that inspires somebody else to win. But I just realized today that I haven't shown you any wins. Because if you're always doing a great job, that's not a win. A win means that you have to start from here and come here. You have to accomplish something, overcome something. And so today I am overcoming my need to feel perfect for you. And I want to hit someone else who's struggling with this perfection or this imposter syndrome. I struggle too. My weakness was my own fear of disappointing you by being vulnerable. I want you to write that post and what you're going to do going forward. And that doesn't mean every single day you're talking about a weakness and a vulnerability, or but you got to sprinkle it in there. Mm-hmm. You can't win the race if you start at the finish line. You have to start at the start. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a bar. That's I mean, a bar. That's a bar. Okay, okay. Come on, come on. Yes, sir. All right, so we... We oh goodness gracious. We are way over. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Y'all all right? Y'all good? All right, just come to the mic. We can stop just if y'all not around. feeling it. Okay, okay. okay, the lady, then my man. Hello. All right, go to the mic. I do think that you should make that a shirt if you make shirts. I'm not quitting, though. That I'm not be. quitting, though. I'm Ooh. not quitting, though. You better come. <laughs> yeah, you, if you don't make it. Joe? I'm not quitting, well, then, First of all, we take... Joe don't have it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we we that. Right. I have two small questions, right? Why is it that on your journey to success, people hate you, then they, lo- they love you, they hate you, and then they love you again? Somebody said it best, and then I felt it. And then the other question that I had is dealing with expectations. Explain it. Explain dealing with expectations. So I'm a singer, right? And I've, and I've known a lot of people for a really long time. And on that journey of them growing, I've supported them and I've loved them because I love growth. Now in my journey of growing as a singer, I've realized that certain people that I expected to be there for me are causing me heartbreak because they're just, they're not there. Yeah. And I know that they will come back because I know that they're there still somehow checking in and kind of trying to be just in case, but they're not there. I think they're going through their own process of life. Like people are going through seasons. So I realized when somebody was, if you don't like me, that's something that you're dealing with. And we just got to be sympathetic and empathetic and just understand that they are on, like something's going on. With them, that don't have nothing to do with you, and you shouldn't let you shouldn't let it affect you. Because that's, the, that's their problem to deal with. So I've I've been on this journey of people that I rock with, and you could you could almost feel the tension when we meet, because now I'm a reflection of what they're not, mm-hmm. and I can't help you with that. I got a family. I got a. All of you guys came because we decided to keep going in spite of people saying that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, y'all know when Donnie came on? Oh my gosh. She's like, yo, y'all read the comments her, on YouTube? Get her off of there. Like, why is she there? People hated me on the podcast at first. But we had a like vision. straight hate mail. Get her off of there. She brings no value. She's not dope. She's this. She's irritating. She's blah. because people were accustomed to only seeing David. They were accustomed to seeing David. Yep. Yep. I didn't ask for the opportunity. He presented it and I took it and I honored my commitment. And I even went to David and I said, David, I don't know. This might be hurting your brand because people ain't rocking with it. David said, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah. I said, I'm not chasing the comments. Not chasing the I'm comments. I'm like, you, my sister, it's dope. I want to have this conversation. I want to do it with you because I like doing it. Yeah. And if I like doing it, there's a bunch of people out there that like what I like. And that's who I focus on. That's what we focused on. Not the and, people that don't like doing what I don't like. And now you can hardly find a bad comment. Now people are commenting on other videos like, well, when's Donnie coming back, right? You just have to keep going. And, and I hate to give that kind of advice because it's so much easier. That is one of those things that's easier said than done. But I learned to stop focusing. One thing that, one thing that strikes a nerve with me, especially with influencers or people who have influence, is when they only go in their comments and respond to the negative stuff. 
they only focus on the people who don't like them or don't agree with them, right? And I get why you want to respond to some of that, but for every one bad comment that you respond to, go and respond to 10 great ones of people who do support you. So for every one bad person that says something negative about you, go and have three phone calls with other people who make you feel good. A lot of times, our own disappointment around people who don't like us or don't support us is our own issue of needing and requiring validation from other people. For sure. So you shouldn't feel bad because there's friction in a relationship. You should feel bad for the person and be empathetic for what they're going through. Something's happening mentally and you just got to pray for them. Well, and then ask yourself, why do I need this validation? Why do I need this person to validate me, right? So for me, for a long time in my entrepreneurial journey... You got mad stories too, yo. Don't act like it's just me with the story. You got mad stories. But it's directly related. My stories are related. (laughs) So the thing, right? Like, I felt like my mom didn't support me for a long time as an entrepreneur. It crushed my mom that her only daughter didn't finish college. Mm -hmm. I went to school for chemical engineering. She bragged about it. Her daughter, her friend's kids are going for being an attorney and a doctor and this, that, and the other. Oh, my daughter's going for chemical engineering. Then your daughter dropped out of college? Mm. What? And then I got a good job and I started making six figures very early in life, right? Selling cars and houses and things like that. And then I decided that I wanted to do this entrepreneurial thing. And my mom is like, what are you even talking about? Go get a job. And it wasn't, I was still making money. That's hurt your mom though? Yes, yes, yes. And it did hurt. Like, I couldn't pay my mom to come and sit in a room like this just to hear me talk. Like, I just want you to see what I do so you get it and maybe you'll be proud. All I wanted was for my mom to be proud of me because I was such a disappointment when I decided not to finish school. And in 2017, after I had made multiple six figures, after I had become one of the top number one income earners in a company, my mom still wasn't, you still need to go back to to school. You got to go back to college. You got to go get a job. And I'm like, but I pay your bit. I don't understand. (laughs) But none of that mattered, right? Mm -hmm. And we can laugh about the story now. What happened was in 2017, one of the people that she admired requested my presence on his platform, Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I flew my mom out as a guest. Oh, she was going for that. She wasn't coming to see me. She was coming to see Bishop T.D. Jakes. But during that process, she saw me. And she saw every other person's reaction to me in the room. She saw the tears. She saw the impact. She saw the situations that were being changed on the spot. And now my mom is my number one fan. I didn't change anything that I'm doing. She had to see it differently in a way that resonated with her. All that I did before that was remind my mom of her failures. My journey to entrepreneurship was a constant reminder of, remember when you tried to start the cosmetology business? Failed at that. Remember when you started to start, you know, do the computer programming business? That didn't work out. Remember when you wanted to do this, that, and the other? That didn't work out. I was a mirror reflection to my mom of what her failures did in her life. And she had to see that, the story ain't the same. But I also had to understand that I'm not seeking validation from my mom anymore. I'm going to keep my look. If you're proud of me, I'm going to keep going. If you're not proud of me, I'm going to keep going. I would like for you to be proud of me, but either way, I'm going to keep going. That's and right. that's what you have to decide. And you're, 
One, why do you want the validation? I mean, we're human. You do. But why? Right. Understand why. And then number two, you have to detach yourself from that reason because there's no reason valid enough for you to want validation from people who aren't here for your best interest. There's no way to justify it. And and what was that? What was your first question? Just, you know, on this journey, as I've, I've, as I've acquired greater things, right? I feel like I've, I've lost people on the way. And we, and you guys were talking about it a little earlier. In the life. Yeah, it happens. And are you still friends with all your elementary school friends? No. Yeah, right. Just keep moving. <laughs> yeah, but yes, it's Every like I was, a, I was a person that had a lot of friends. Many, many friends. Me too. And then all of a sudden, it's like I'm following my dream. I'm in a happy, non-toxic relationship. Now I don't have problems to talk about. Because and now can't talk about what's stuff. going on. Now yeah. where are they? You just said it. You just said it. Every time we reach a new level, like, do you know that most of your relationships are trauma bonds? Most of your relationships are trauma bonds. Most of the friends that you have, you met at a time in life that the only thing that's connecting you now is to discuss old people and old situations. Oh, did you run into such and such? You see how big she got now? Did you run into such and such? You saw he was doing this now. These are trauma bonds. And once you decide to be intentional about not talking about that anymore, you don't have anything to talk about. And then you realize... Maybe I don't have as much in common with these people as I thought I did. Or or when you were in a toxic relationship and so was your best friend in a toxic relationship, this is a trauma bond. And the moment you decide that you will not accept that behavior for yourself anymore, your best friend no longer feels comfortable talking to you about her trauma that you've outgrown. So do you really have anything in common anymore? We got to break up with the trauma that bonds us. Mm. Y'all gonna keep on talking. One more, my man, uh, right there. You got one? Thank you, okay, come on. Uh, you're very welcome. To the mic, if you will, <laughs> my brother. Anybody ever Y'all? had that coworker that you go to the back break room and you talk crap about your boss? Mm-hmm. And y'all real tight. Y'all go to lunch together just to talk crap. But then when you leave the job, y'all are not friends anymore. <laughs> trauma, <laughs> trauma bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Good evening, everybody. Hey. Uh, I started Taylor's situation. And the question, I think that, I guess, to end it tonight, uh, we've talked about getting over our fears and things Did of that nature. podcast? I mean, <laughs> you want to be on a, you, you want to see? I guess the question is, uh, I guess for all of us, because we're all entrepreneurs or interested in that, is how do you, you know, we're all told, or if we listen to enough podcasts, we're told to create a niche mm-hmm. and that, and you make money through your niche. Yeah. But I think a lot of times, or at least for me, myself, is I decided to create a niche uh, for my business, but then I also was like, well, how do we, oh, it's just fire. What was that? Okay, no fire. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, oh, okay. oh, um, you know, we, 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 we don't want to subject ourselves to a small number of people. Like we feel like, hey, you know, there's a more people who have to get it, who have to listen to us or we feel that they, we need, they, they need to hear us. Okay. But how do you develop a niche on a global level that everyone's now listening to you or every now, everyone wants to uh, listen to you? You know, like, like you said, you didn't charge $25 because you have the wrong people in here. So you guys developed a niche or not necessarily a niche, but you charge a certain price because you guys didn't want 
that those sort of people here. So I guess, like I said, my biggest question is how do you develop the niche, but brand it on a global level? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess it'd be a specific situation, but um, <laughs> I'm not... I, obviously, you want to identify what the niche is, what area of business you're going to. Yes. But then you got to think, how am I going to build a business? So the question is, how do I build a, a, how do I focus on a niche on a global level? Is how do I build a business that helps me with my end result? The end result isn't building a niche. The end result is what? Building, it's growing the business. Say again? It's growing the business. To build a business. Yes. The question is, how do I build the business? So what is the ultimate goal? Let's, let's say, what the, what's the ultimate goal? Personally or my business-wise? Business. Um, business-wise, it would be in order to have men begin to dress up more, uh, have men dress up more, but then on top of that, uh, be such a, a force that they begin to tailor their uh, other people's situations. Okay. So, so what's the goal for the business? The goal for the business isn't getting men to dress up more. Um because if they go to Macy's and dress up more, that's not you didn't hit your goal. True, true. I, I get. Um, what is the goal for the business? As of right now, it's simply to grow. I don't. I guess I, as of right now, I haven't identified an end result yeah. yet. So let's find out what the goal is. Okay. okay. Do you have a goal by the end of the year, at least? Uh, as of right now, the goal at the end of the year is to obtain a uh, hundred clients. Did you just or, make that up just now? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Right uh, now, with it. Uh, all right for this year. So hundred. How many clients you got? Uh, as of right now, I have five. You have five. I have five. So we got to find 95 clients by the end of the year. Yes. Have you thought of how to do that? You know, when I, when I, n- yes, I have thought about it. Okay. What'd you come up with? You say, no, I haven't thought about it. It's okay. No, no, no. I, I mean, I've thought, I've thought about it, but it hasn't been put into practice. Right. Yet, so so here's the thing. We all thought about the business. Like stuff goes on in our head. I'm talking about cell phone, face down, off, no Instagram, TV, strategy, plan. My favorite movies are bank robbery movies because they don't go in there waving a gun. They sit down and strategize and plan how long is it going to take me to get in and out about how many tellers, uh, how much money is in there, how many tellers are going to be there at 233. They strategize. They sit there and like really try to like map this thing out and they find experts who know the inside of the bank. You, you, you follow me? So if the goal is 100, we got to find 95 clients. And if I ask you, how many do we need every single month from now to the end of them? I'm not going to ask you the question because I know you don't have the answer. Because we haven't really sat down and identified what the goal is. So we started talking about niches and businesses, but we need to know what the goal is first. So my first goal is make $100,000. I'm thinking, oh, if I sell $25 t-shirts, I only have to sell 11 of them to make $275 every single day. I can do that. I can do that. My goal is $100,000. I wasn't saying I'm passionate about T-shirts. How do I make $100,000? Because I thought I was going to be rich and I could drive a Lambo and I have a mansion if I made $100,000. That was my thought. My goal, $100,000. Oh, it makes sense. $275 a day? What can I sell to make $275 a day? Oh, 11 T-shirts? Got it. No problem. But we started talking about a million. Goal, million. Now let's work backwards. What is the business plan to get to this goal? It's not, let me find a niche. It's, this is my goal. What's the best way to do it? Let's work backwards. How do we make this $84,000 every single month? Make sense? 
So you, for you, you're going to have to sit down and identify what you really want. Because I can give you some advice and that might be, not be the advice that you're looking for because it's not aligned with the goal that you don't have yet. So let's figure out what the goal is. Identify the activity. I'm going to give you this real quick. You ready? But you need a, you need a phone. You need something to take notes on this. Okay? Then everybody can take notes on this. This is, this is going to be really, really good for you. Okay? Um, it's a systematic way of thinking for everyone. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? These are really good questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? Who, what, when, where, why, and how? Who do we need? That's the who. What? What is going to be required of me? When? When am I going to start and when should I arrive? I'm going to start today. I should reach this goal by the end of the year, December 31st, 2021. Who, what, when, where, why, how? Where? Hold on. Where were we? Who, what, when, where? Where do I want to end up? What's the ultimate goal? We got to identify that. Who, what, when, where, why? Why am I, why is that my goal? Right? So I knew why my goal was 100,000. I knew why my goal was a million dollars. I knew why my goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers. I know why my goal is to get to a million subscribers. I know why I'm doing it. But I've, ha- I've set some goals, and then I get to the why question, and I realize I can't come up with a good answer of why I'm trying to get to that. I told myself I want to be a billionaire. But I was like, yo, why do I want to be a billionaire? And I realized I don't really want to be a billionaire. I don't need all that. So I reevaluated where I wanted to go. Make sense? So who, what, when, where, why, and then how. The how, very important. That's the strategy. How am I going to pull this off? So I can imagine we probably just never had the conversation. All right, I got six months to get 95 clients. What's the question? What's the question? How? How am I going to do this? It seems very simple. But most people set a goal and they never ask themselves the question of what? How am I going to do it? It's very simple. And I promise you, you're smart enough. You're brilliant. You can figure it out. I promise you can. You'll just start thinking of stuff. Oh, maybe I'll just go to the tailors and suit people and I'll drop off my cards. Or you know what? I'm just going to do a whole bunch of videos teaching people how to dress up. You know what? I'm going to do a blog. I'm going to do a newsletter. I'm going to do a podcast interviewing people about fashion. You'll come up with some stuff. But then eventually we'll come up with it. Then we got to deal with, with the whole fear thing. We got to interview our fear while we're afraid of that. So you're just going to have to watch this interview a couple of times. Yeah. Got it? So we are... Um, 19 people a month. And I, I just want to say one thing. Yes. Guys, stop focusing on being global and just start with impacting your community that you have access to right now. Once you master the community that you're in right now, then maybe a region, then maybe the United States. Some people have these global goals and no way to fulfill global products or services. Oh, you better hope nobody, your joint go viral. You better hope that don't happen. Don't let them order your book that you charge $20 for. You charge $20 (laughs) for your book and you go to ship it and realize it's going to cost you $25 to ship it Mm, to the UK. 
do you really want to be global? Did you think that through? You don't even have systems in place to support a global business. Just right now, start with your Instagram page and grow that and bring people into that community and impact them. And then your state and your office and your th- start there. Yeah. Cool. Does that help you? Yeah. Good. Good. Clap it up. All right. Look, we got to go, man, because uh, we got to take the VIPs to dinner. Um, how? Where's that? Where's 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 dinner? I know. That here? I was about to say it too. Dinner is here? It's somewhere close for our VIPs. We're going to sit there and have a, have a good conversation. I'm taking care of the bill. Um, okay. All right, cool. Um, you want to, all right, so did y'all enjoy yourselves? Yes. Come on, y'all. We recorded live. Come on. All right, we're here in Los Angeles. We're here in, that's the number? Right now. For the month? So far. I'm going to inspire you in a minute at dinner. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm gonna inspire you in a okay, minute. All right. Um, yes, it, it's been uh, a pleasure. Thank you for working through the heat, huh? I never finished my points. I'll be all over the place on the podcast. Watch the next. Okay. Episode. Yes. Okay. One. <laughs> identify what you're afraid of. Two. I think it was interview your fear. Number three was what? You were listening the whole time. I don't know. Find people who aren't afraid of what you're afraid of. And that was the story. It was impactful, wasn't it? Yes, yes it was. Yes, yes. Yes, it was. That was it. Three. Get around some people that you aren't that aren't afraid of what you're afraid of. Yeah. That helped with Kenny, right? He wasn't afraid of high ticket. You were. And he says, yo, do it. And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to. And then eventually it works. Hey, you guys, we got some room. I just uh, found out if anybody wants to upgrade to VIP now. Okay. Uh, you can see Ernestine right here in the back, and she will get you squared away if you want to participate in the it was dinner. Sold out. It's not sold out. It is not sold out. We got a couple of seats, and y'all better do it quick because I got to catch a flight tonight. Okay? Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, y'all. Um, this episode is sponsored still by the Morning Meetup. Yo, first off, is everybody everybody have my phone number? Okay, let me get on my number. First, <laughs> don't, of do all, it. don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, cool. So, and I really do be texting. 404. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. I'll, I'll explain later. 404-737-4935. I text when the podcast come out. I text when I'm I text when I'm like feeling inspired and I'm going through something. I'll text it to you. So 404 737. Don't follow Donnie though after this, because we're in 404-737-4935. Send me a text message. I'm gonna text you back. All right, I need y'all to text me immediately because she's beating me. Okay, 404-737-4935. Make sure y'all text me. If you're not in the morning meetup, you're making a mistake. Anybody here in the morning meetup? Hold on, I'm going to say it again. I need y'all to make noise. Anybody here in the morning meetup? Yeah! Morning meetup is dope. It's the only community that gathers every single day, even in California at five in the morning. I've been up. Oh my gosh, this bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So go to themorningmeetup.com. Every month we have a topic. I think this month we're focused on content creation. So every month we have a theme. Every day we have a topic that supports the theme Monday through Friday, Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have a book club. We're reading what book? What book? Who makes the great great? What What makes the great great by Dennis Pembroke? We're all reading it together. We're all on the same page, literally. So go to themorningmeetup.com. And lastly, 
Are y'all on our Patreon? Y'all know y'all get the episodes like days early and exclusive content and all kind of stuff. And you can start with as little as $5. It's not even a high ticket I'm selling you. I'm selling 5 to $40. And you get a discount on everything. So it's Patreon. How many of you are going to join our Patreon? Support your favorite podcast. It's $5. <laughs> At least they're honest. <laughs> At least they're honest. <laughs> like, why are you going to $5 out of me? $5. All right. So Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com forward slash David Never Sleeps. And I think it's in my bio and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. We appreciate the support. Okay, Donnie. All right, you guys. This episode is also sponsored by Six Figure EDU. That's S-I-X, figureedu.com. It is the best community for developing coaches and consultants. So if you're someone who wants to be a coach, a course creator, or a consultant, basically you want to teach somebody something and help them get a result, I am your person. We have developed successfully hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years. And guys, the track record is amazing. I'm the coach's coach. Did you know that? I am like the coach's coach. I love being able to say that now. Anyway, you want to go to 6SIXFigureEDU.com to schedule a call with my team. And let's figure out if that is a good option for you to help you grow your business. This episode is also sponsored by Post to Paid. I have just completely removed the overwhelm of entrepreneurs having to figure out what to post on social media. Like you got these businesses going, you want to talk about it, you get to your Instagram page and you don't know what to say or you don't know how to articulate what you want to say. I've completely removed the overwhelm. I send you three text messages every single day, me to your phone with the exact prompt of what you should post. This is ideal for service-based businesses. This is not ideal for like t-shirts and uh, hair extensions and things like that. If you're a service-based business that gets somebody a result, text me right now. The words post to pay. Mm. It's $37 a month, you guys, for $1.23 a day. All your Instagram is figured out. Is that fair or fair? It's amazing. And, all right. Text me post to pay 404-737-2767. Can y'all text that now? Post to pay. I don't see any... I don't see enough cell phones. You already in it? Y'all in it? Ah, you in it too? Who's in it? Who's in it? Who's in it? You're in it. 404 uh, $37 a month. There it is. We had to do a commercial. Y'all get your stuff for free on the podcast. Got to do a little commercial. Yeah. So thank y'all so much, LA, for coming out. We are going to keep... Um, we're going to keep this thing pushing. All right. We are going to continue to drop episodes and get better and better and better at it. Um, and, uh, we can't wait to see our journey. All right. We're out of here. We have our next date coming. Houston. Houston. But whatever. We don't know. It'll be, this will probably air. Anyway. So we're, we're on tour. If you guys want us to come to your city, all you need is a venue. Put a venue together. David and I and the team will be there. And, And sound equipment that works, you guys. You can rent that from a reputable company. We love you guys. We are so excited about the first live event. Can you guys comment on the video and tell everybody that I'm the cooler co-host? Oh, my gosh. And my stories are better. All right, we're out of here. Peace. (laughs) David Sands presents to you the morning meetup. 
Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com these days work is in trouble we've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.